Hello everyone, I'm Eugene Weaver. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things horror-related fantasy, science fiction, gems in the rough, little-seen movies, and movies that should be discovered, and I'm here to bring those to you. And today I'm going to hit on some recently watched movies, Um, not really focusing on any particular uh, Blu-ray label that's releasing uh, these movies or anything like that or any particular genre. I just wanted to hit on some recently watched and catch you up to speed on those. Some of these I hit uh, uh, I hit on on the uh, Movie Freaks podcast. Uh, then other ones I just kind of, you know, I, I wait for this show because it's they definitely fit more here. So that's what I'm going to do today. So I wanted to get started by a movie that I actually, I watched this one last night. Uh, there's actually two that I'm going to talk about that I watched yesterday. And I want to start with the one that I watched last evening. And this is one that, for me, kind of flew under the radar. I had heard nothing about it until I was uh, browsing through Voodoo. Sometimes I uh, I get um, tired of, of looking through my Blu-rays trying to find a movie to watch, so I'll uh, peruse through Voodoo and see what's available to rent. And I came across... Uh, across a movie called We Are Still Here. And uh, I thought the cover looked interesting, and it's one of those that more than likely will pop up on Netflix at some point. Uh, but the the cover of it looked interesting enough that I should do a little bit more research. And I did. Um, so I saw that Barbara Crampton stars in this. I'm like, okay, well, there's immediately... A plus one. She was in From Beyond and Reanimator, and more recently she was uh, in Your Next, and I believe that she was in Rob Zombie's. Uh, I could be wrong there. I, I maybe maybe I'm wrong. Oh, yeah, she was. She was in Lords of Salem. I thought that she was in a Rob Zombie movie. So, uh, but she's been in a lot of movies, and uh, I've always enjoyed her performances. Oh, and she was also in Chopping Mall. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and Larry Fessenden is in this as well. And if you know who he is, then bravo, because I think that guy's really cool. Uh, so automatically, I'm like, okay, there's some there's some actors that I've heard of. So let's do a little research on this movie. And uh, and I did. And um, I found out that the movie, it, one big plus for me is it's set in the 70s sometime. Okay, check. And then I find out that it is very, very loosely based, and I mean very loosely based, on a Lucio Fulci movie. Now I'm very interested because up to this point, I and I, I could be wrong, but I don't think that there's been any movies that have been remakes of Lucio Fulci movies. Now again, this is, uh, there's just the very core of the story is, is similar to Lucio Fulci's House by the Cemetery, which I love. Uh, that's one of his uh, apocalyptic movies from back in the early 80s that went along with The Beyond and City of the Living Dead and uh, and even Zombie. So it's like the, the, there's this cluster of movies that he made in the late 70s, early 80s that are just the best of the best 
Euro horror movies from back then. And uh, House by the Cemetery, well, it's not quite as good as The Beyond and Zombie and even City of the Living Dead. It is still a really solid Lucio Fulci movie. And actually, it's uh, I've I've read that that was kind of his own version of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, which I guess there might be a couple little nods in there to The Shining, maybe, but it's so minute that it's you couldn't really tell. Um, so House by the Cemetery is one thing. I'm not going to talk about that movie today. I want to talk about this movie. We are still here. Uh, so the synopsis of the movie is after their teenage son is killed in a car crash, Paul and Anna move to the quiet New England countryside to try to start a new life for themselves. But the grieving couple unknowingly becomes the prey of a family of vengeful spirits that reside in their new home. And before long, they discover that a seemingly peaceful town they've moved into is hiding a terrifyingly dark secret. Now they must find a way to overcome their sorrow and fight back against both the living and dead as the malicious ghosts threaten to pull their souls and the soul of their lost son into hell with them. So uh, there you go. Now, uh, the similarities to House by the Cemetery, the house itself looks similar uh, to Lucio Fulci's. And there's actually some names, some of the actors' names in the movie are names that appeared in House by the Cemetery. Uh, The previous owners were morticians, just like in House by the Cemetery, uh, vengeful spirits, all that stuff, the demon-y type things in the basement. So there's enough similarities that I would call this, and maybe it's just a homage to House by the Cemetery, but I, I can definitely see what they were going for here. So first off, the good on this movie. Uh, I think it is very well shot, even though it's obviously shot on video. Um, it is well shot, looks good. Um, the special effects are for the most part really really good. There's some great practical effects in there, uh, as well as and I don't get why they do it, but a couple shots. It seemed like just to to spruce it up just a little bit, they put a little bit of CGI blood in, and immediately I'm like, oh, that looked like CGI blood. Why why would you do that? I would rather not as graphic and not CGI blood versus a little bit more blood and you can tell it's not real. And I don't, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell, but it is there for sure. Definitely. So, uh, that's unfortunate. But other than that, the storyline itself is cool. Here is where things go south for me on this movie. Um, and I'm not sure if maybe the director, uh, this guy, his name is Ted, uh, Go I don't Ted something. I don't know. Every time I try to pronounce someone's last name, I butcher it. So it's his name's Ted something. Go on to IMDb. You can find it. Um, it the acting, even though there's a couple of really good, I think pretty good name actors in here, uh, the acting is pretty wooden and hollow. And I'm not sure if they were trying to trying to uh, emulate the kind of silly acting from an old Lucio Fulci movie. Maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but it's still like, uh, it's like, this is, there's, everything works on this movie. The storyline's cool. I get your, your nods to House by the Cemetery. That's awesome. Uh, good special effects. And then the acting is just, it's like you're watching, uh, daytime soap opera type 
uh, acting. Uh, and that's seriously what it feels like. Uh, and that's unfortunate. Uh, so anyway, I think that it, yeah, it just, it's frustrating because the movie itself is solid. And then the acting is just, the acting is honestly one of the only things that brings it down other than a, a couple of very minor CGI shots that I thought didn't need to be in there. It's a good movie. So very short running time. It says it's 84 minutes, but trust me, it's not. Uh, it's very, very, very padded uh, end credits. So you see, uh, like, direct by so-and-so, and then we go to a shot of uh, an old newspaper clipping that has something to do with the house, and then starring so-and-so, and then so very, very, very much, uh, very much padded out. Now, I did want to say that um, uh, not only is House by the Cemetery referenced in this movie, because uh, every character is named after a character, a cast member, a crew member from House by the Cemetery, but it also references uh, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. Ever so slightly, uh, there's a guy, uh, his name's Joe the Electrician, and he's referenced... Uh, um, in the beyond, it's Joe the plumber, and both of them unwittingly uncovered dark forces in the house while working in the basement. So I thought that was cool. So obviously, we've got fans of of Lucio Fulci's Euro horror stuff, and I think that's cool. So anyway, is it worth watching? Uh, wait for Netflix. If it does pop up on Netflix, which I'm guessing it will, then sure. It's it's relatively short runtime, makes it easy to watch. And uh, it's got some good gore in it and a good storyline. And uh, yeah, I, I give it a thumbs up. It could have gotten, it could have gotten a huge thumbs up. Uh, unfortunately, it just gets a, a a thumbs up. How's that? So um, anyway, coulda, shoulda, woulda. I wish it would have been better, but um, I'm still glad I watched it. Next up, I want to talk about a Spanish movie called Asmodexia, and I watched this on Netflix. And this is one that, uh, again, so often on net on Netflix, you see the too good to be true covers, and this is uh, definitely definitely falls into that category. Uh, the cover just looks it looks too good to be true, which almost all of them are. Uh, some demonic lady uh, possession type stuff. And they're like, oh, this is gonna be a cool horror movie, and then you watch it and it sucks. Well, I'm happy to report that this one is definitely a thumbs up. Again, not a huge thumbs up. You've got to watch it. This is the total gem in the rough, but it is a solid movie for sure. Very solid movie. Um, And this is one where I'm going to be careful what I say about it because too much might spoil uh, some of the cool stuff that that pops up in the uh, towards the end of the movie because honestly, that is the reason to watch the movie. up until the last uh, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Uh, and this is another short movie, 81 minutes, and that's with the end credits, so 75, 76 minutes. Uh, the first hour, it, it, it's kind of confusing, and even after everything is wrapped up, you still are left with some questions, but not in a, oh, man, they, they dropped the ball on that. They didn't answer anything. No, it's, it's I think, pretty much there. Uh, maybe five more minutes worth of movie 
could have helped, or even tightening up some of the first hour and then extending the end just a little bit. Uh, that's that's minor. I gave this three and a half out of five stars, by the way. And in fact, just, just so you know, I gave We Are Still Here three out of five stars. So uh, Asmodexia gets three and a half. So the synopsis of this movie is five days in the lives of an exorcist and his granddaughter working in the Barcelona area. Now that is very, very vague uh, as far as what the movie is about. It starts out with this weird birth or abortion or something in the beginning. You're not quite sure. And then we go into several different storylines going on all at the same time. There's one woman that is being tormented and harassed at some mental institution. And then we have this pastor, guy, whatever, exorcist you want to call him, and this his granddaughter, and they're going and casting out demons uh, to different uh, from different people. And then there's uh, a police officer lady uh, that is trying to figure out also what's going on. And all three of these storylines intertwine and come together in the end. Pretty good, I, actually. I was most of the way through. I'm like, okay, uh, how are they going to weave this all together to make a, a coherent movie, especially with a shorter runtime? But they did. Uh, and I really liked that they really went for it in the end. Uh, it, obviously, this whole movie was made with that really solid ending in mind. So there is a lot of filler, unfortunately. But the ending is cool enough that it makes it definitely, definitely worth the watch. And it is pretty twisted as well. Uh, some good special effects, which I can always appreciate. I like to see good practical effects. Um, as far as CGI, I'm not sure if there was CGI in this. I didn't really notice it. Um, it's mainly just possessed looking people. Um, so, uh, but anyway, I wish I could talk more about the movie, but if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it for you because it is certainly worth your time on, uh, on Netflix if you come across it. And the budget was fairly low on this thing. And so I give it a pass for that. Uh, just because the budget was low, I have seen so much garbage that is very low budget. And you know what? That's Movies like this show that that is no excuse. And even We Are Still Here. I'm guessing that that had a fairly low budget. Uh, and it still works, I think. I think that uh, the movie was... these Both these movies, the money is definitely up there on the screen. And I like that. So... Uh, this one definitely goes into a, a thumbs up. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, will I watch it again? Yeah, I probably will down the road. I, I could definitely see myself re- revisiting this one um, and trying to see if I can find some more clues along the way uh, because I'm guessing that they are in there. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious what other people would think about this movie because this seems like one that got made, got dropped on Netflix, and will vanish. And uh, I don't think it should. I think that uh, if you're at all interested in something a little bit different and it's certainly not it's certainly not an exorcist ripoff by any means because it might look like that it is not uh this is something very very different and uh i i thought that, that was cool in fact um i you know what i could almost say that there might be a, a small hint of john carpenter's uh, Prince of Darkness in there, maybe, but I'm probably reaching <laughs> on that one. But still, uh, anyway, good stuff. Good movie. Glad I watched it. Okay, next up is Endless Descent. And this one here is from one of my most beloved uh, 
bad directors, and I hate to say bad directors, but I haven't seen anything high quality from the guy. He is no longer with us, unfortunately. But I really have enjoyed all one, two, three, four movies that I've seen from this guy, and that is Jean-Pierre Samon. And he made Slugs, one of my, if not my favorite creature feature. I love Slugs the movie. And he made uh, Pieces, one of, if not, well, no, it's not my favorite slasher movie, but one of the all-time greatest slasher movies ever. And, of course, let's not forget Pod People. That was uh, uh, a Mystery Science Theater 3000 movie. And I have yet to watch that movie uh, regular version minus M- MST3K, which I wouldn't mind watching it because uh, his movies are so gruesome that I, I just I have a feeling that that movie might actually be somewhat better watching the regular version instead of uh, the heavily edited version from Mystery Science. But this one here, The Rift, is, and this is uh, kind of interesting, is... This is a ripoff of a ripoff of a ripoff, I guess, maybe, kind of. Um, this one here is literally, it feels like it's ripping off Deep Star 6, uh, Sean Cunningham's underwater movie about the big giant crab creature, which in and of itself is a ripoff of The Abyss. And when I say ripoff of The Abyss, it's they all came out around the same time. Uh, so, you know, it's maybe a cash-in, I guess, trying to cash in on Cameron's The Abyss. And then Leviathan is thrown in there as well. Well, there's also The Rift from 1990. And uh, what a fun movie. Uh, this is a fun movie. An experimental submarine, The Siren 2, with a very experienced crew, is sent to find out what happened to The Siren 1, of course. Mysteriously disappeared in a submarine rift. Things go awry when they begin to find things that shouldn't be there. Now, here's what's interesting about this uh, movie, is it stars R. Lee Ermey, and you know who that is. That would be uh, Gunnery Sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, and Crazy Sawyer family guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and he's been in a ton of stuff. Ray Weiss is in this movie, uh, and yes, it's that Ray Weiss, um, which is just odd to me. Um, and then there's some other actors too that have been in some name stuff, uh, that, you know, it's not just, um, it's not just these really, really low budget movies. They've, they've, they've been in some fairly decent stuff. And so, uh, I was impressed with that. Um, now also, um, let me just see if there's some trivia on this. Cause I, I did read some, okay, here we go. After producing Leviathan for about $30 million, Dino De Laurentiis, uncredited, mind you, decided to finance this low-budget version of his own bigger-budgeted movie. He hired David Coleman to rewrite a 250-page draft by Colin Wilson. Coleman's work was written in English, but had to be translated into Italian for De Laurentiis and into Spanish for director Jean-Pierre, who didn't speak English. So, forgive me, I was somewhat wrong. Uh, It's a ripoff of Leviathan, not Deep Star 6, although I, for some reason it feels more Deep Star 6 to me than it does Leviathan. Um, principal photography for the movie lasted eight weeks, and then an additional 14 weeks were spent shooting the special effects for the movie. 14 weeks? Um, now, granted, obviously, everything has practical effects in it, but oof, I hope they didn't spend a whole lot of time on that underwater submarine stuff, because ouch, it's 
it's bad. I mean, it's a little toy submarine underwater. Now, the creature stuff is solid. And is this gory? Oh, yeah. This is gruesome. Uh, it's icky and gooey and lots of blood and gore, and I loved it. Uh, I am seeing that the budget is $1.3 million, and that's that's a pretty big budget for this type of thing, in my opinion, because uh, I would be surprised if anything was actually filmed in the water or underwater, because it's pretty much uh, the crew is on a couple of sets that looked like the inside, sort of looked like the inside of a submarine, and then uh, a cavern somewhere underwater where the creature, where they're able to be outside and the creature, some tentacled thing uh, that hilariously dispatches our our actors. Um, now, I watched this movie twice already in the past year and a half or so. I, I've enjoyed it that much. And so far, the way to watch this movie is if you are an, in, uh, an Amazon Prime member, it is streaming on there. And it's a pretty good transfer. It's uh, It looks like it's sourced from DVD, but uh, after seeing several sourced from VHS uh, prints on Amazon, I am happy to report that this one here is certainly not VHS, and that is a big thumbs up, because I did watch another one, another slasher movie that was just terrible, uh, and and it was obviously sourced from a VHS, and I, I, I hated the movie, although I think that it would have improved it somewhat had it been totally remastered. I have a feeling that I would have probably enjoyed the, that particular movie a little bit more, and that was uh, The Forest, which was, ugh, wow, ouch. Just when you think you've scratched the bottom of the barrel of 80s slashers, I somehow still seem to find these movies that they go just a little bit lower, just just under the crust of that of that cesspool. And uh, I'm finding those movies. And that would be one of them, The Forest. Ouch, man, that was bad. So anyway, um, okay. So, so far, all of them are very, very, very watchable. Some are, uh, some of these three are a little bit more so than... than others. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up with one more movie, and this is, now we're going back uh, quite a few years, I'm going to hit on an older movie from 1973. Uh, now, it's it goes by two titles. It happened at Nightmare Inn, and the reason, that that's the, uh, the one title. If you see that title, avoid. Uh, that title there is the heavily edited version at only a little over 63 minutes. And um, I can't imagine what that movie would be like at 63 minutes. I watched the 83-minute version called uh, A Candle for the Devil, which, much better title. That's a that's a cool, cheesy uh, Euro title. And this is obviously a Euro movie. Um, Eugenio Martin is the director. And thank you. That would be uh, kind of my name, too, a little bit. Eugene. Uh, he also directed uh, Horror Express, which I thought was uh, was was great. I loved Horror Express with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing and Telly Savalas. A great movie. And this one here, not as good. And maybe my expectations were a little bit too high for this movie. Made in 1973. Uh, I, I had heard some good things about it. I actually imported this on Blu-ray from the UK because the American version on Blu-ray from Scorpion uh, is so expensive, it's limited, but it's very, very expensive, that 
uh, I could import it from the UK, same transfer, I'm guessing, for uh, at least $10 cheaper, if not more. Uh, now, the cover is not as good on the UK release, but I'm thank God I didn't buy the American version because the movie is certainly not worth almost 30 bucks at all. It is worth watching, though, if especially if you are an old-school Euro horror fan. Again, it helped that I watched the uncut version, but even then, I... It was a little bit too slow-paced for me. Um, Two old maid sisters are running a little family hotel in Spain. They are very religious, and the moral of the foreign tourist girl is too much for them. They start to kill people. There's your plot synopsis, pretty much. And um, it it um, got, the plot synopsis is good, and it's gotten some good reviews from horror sites, uh, and you know, it it has that old school look that I love so much. It kind of feels like a Hammer movie, uh, um, but long stretches of of not much happening, and then we get some soft core nudie scene. And uh, I want more horror with a title like A Candle for the Devil. That means sinister goings-ons in a hotel with these two demented sisters. That's what I want. Instead, it's they're overly religious and different people come through the hotel that, uh, that you know, one's uh, topless outside sunning herself. Well, that's a no-no. You can't be, you can't do that. So let's kill her. So that's this type of movie. Um, now, I will say this. Uh, the movie ends... Uh, classically uh, classically 70s in that, uh, and I checked the runtime. I'm like, huh, there's two minutes left of this movie and uh, we haven't quite wrapped this up yet and it's one of those where just the split second that aha, boom, done. Roll credits. And it's like, what? Oh man, it's like freeze frame in middle in the middle of the the end scene, it just freeze, done. Uh, and it didn't work as well in this one as, say, something like Burial Ground. It does, They do the same thing in Burial Ground. I love Burial Ground, where the zombies are almost upon our victims, and it freezes, and some creepy saying comes up on the screen. It worked in that. I loved that. Uh, but here, it's like, yeah, come on. Now, you haven't been that gory or even that explicit to give us that much of a cop-out ending. And by the way, I'm going to jump back real quick to The Rift. That reminds me of The Rift. Be prepared. As fun as that movie is, it kind of a cop-out ending. Um, doesn't, doesn't, uh, it doesn't hurt the movie too much, but they could have had a big gotcha scene at the end of The Rift, and they don't. And I, I, I docked it a little bit for that. Um, now, back to uh, Candle for the Devil. We could have certainly used a better gotcha scene at the end of this one that would have helped the movie itself. I gave it two and a half out of five stars. Uh, the acting is pretty solid for what it is. Uh, the cinematography, all that stuff is is good. I even like the story I did. It's just, it needed a little bit more horror in there for me. Um, and and honestly, and I'm, the TNA type stuff, I, whatever. Um, but if you're not, it, it, go at least go all out on one of those two. Don't just ho-hum around with both of those if you're going to be making a movie like this. That's just my two cents. 
Um, is it worth watching? It, for me, yes, it was worth watching at least once just because I like this type of thing. Uh, I wouldn't run out and import the thing from the UK or even spend the big bucks on the Scorpion release unless you are a collector. Uh, more than likely, once this thing does sell out, and I'm guessing it will eventually, because it's only like I think one to two thousand copies, it will obviously gain value. Um, but it's not a total gem in the rough like something like uh, the Devil's Wedding Night was. That's total gem in the rough uh, material right there. This is not that, but it's still very watchable. So anyway, that's it for recently watched soft underbelly stuff. All the movies are worth watching at least once. So I hope that you take the time to to stream them, buy them, whatever you need to do to watch the movie. Uh, check out these cool uh, little scene horror movies. They're solid stuff. So it's going to do it for me today. Please make sure to listen to the other show that I'm on, Movie Freaks, where we touch on anything and everything uh, in any genre you can possibly think of. We're on iTunes as well as Cinema Sidekicks. Always a pleasure listening to them hearing them talk about new release stuff and uh, and also some gems in the rough as well. I always uh, I always like to support their show. So tune into both of those shows on iTunes. You can get a hold of me at Eugene-Weaver at Hotmail.com for any questions or movies you think I should watch, movies that I should avoid, um, anything in the world of horror I love to hear about, or fantasy and science fiction, all that stuff, whatever. So that's going to do it for me. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.